Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Ask Vince podcast. I'm here with Vince. Vince, how are you doing today? Terrible. Great. I'm doing wonderful, so I don't know what's wrong with you. But uh, <laughs> anyway, before we get started, I'd just like to ask the lovely audience to give us a follow wherever they're listening, as well as a five-star review, so that we can get out to more gym owners just like them and help them as well. I do have a good story for you. Do you? So I was out in Colorado and I spent the entire week with Joe Hashi and his family in um, Colorado Springs, Colorado. And they have this house. It's literally like in the middle of the mountain. It's like in a mountain. And um, in Colorado, there's bears, right? Lots of them. Like you see bears like we see deer out here in New Jersey. Like they're pretty common. Right. But you still you don't want to mess with a bear. And, you know, so I knew there was bears around and I'm out on this front porch because I meditate and do visualization every morning and being in traveling is no excuse not to do your work. Right, Matt? Right. Um, and so I'm on the front porch med- meditating and I hear this like little rustle and I'm like, okay, <laughs> open my eyes and it's just like this little itty bitty chipmunk. It's just like crawling on a leaf and I'm just like, okay, um, that's interesting. And uh, so I went back, closed my eyes, and I heard another rustle. And I'm like, all right, I'm not going to get out of my meditation for another stupid chipmunk. Maybe it's a squirrel this time or whatever. And um, all of a sudden, it started getting a little bit louder. And I look up, and there is a bear, a very, very large brown bear, walking down the front steps now he wasn't just walking like in the yard or anything he was like literally walking down the steps like he was taking the the steps that the humans take to walk to a front door and he's walking down the steps and so all of a sudden i opened my eyes and it's like okay that ain't no squirrel so is that toward you away from you what toward me like literally right toward me (laughs) right and so i opened my eyes and the first thing i do is i got up and i start walking towards the bear Right. And then I start yelling at the bear and I said, hey, get out of here. And then the bear stopped, stared at me for a second and then slow. And I yelled at it again after it stopped. And then it slowly, not quickly, slowly turned around and walked away. I think he was a little butthurt um, and, and went away. Now, I'm from New Jersey. I have never actually seen a bear in my life. Well, you're from North Jersey, though. So you right. I'm surprised you don't get them in your backyard. There are. There are. I had just never seen one. Like, huh. in New Jersey, I've never seen one. And <clears throat> here's, like, how I knew what to do. So the day before, all of a sudden, I heard this commotion. And I heard Joe yell, say, hey, get out of here. And he was talking to a bear. And I was like, what happened? And he was like, there was a bear trying to eat our <laughs> bird feeder. And he, like, threw it off, blew us it off. But I had heard him yell and what he did. Right. And so the lesson of the story is you you really just need to follow what people are doing. Like, you don't need to reinvent the wheel. Like, Steve Jobs didn't invent the phone. He didn't invent the Internet. And he didn't invent the, comp- the, um, uh, the, 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 the camera, right? He put all those things together. He didn't invent any of those things. And I think sometimes we, you know, try to reinvent the wheel with our businesses. And we try to be very, very creative and very innovative. I'm going to create the next orange theory and the next this and the next that. 
And I think, you know, most of us, some of us will, right? But most of us won't. And the reality was, like, I just saw what to do. Right? I saw what to do. He just said, yell at the bear. And all of a sudden, the bear just went away. So I think that that's the same thing. And that's why, you know, the mastermind is so awesome. Because there's guys in the mastermind that are just killing it. And what they should do. Like, we have two guys in the CEO mastermind, Connor Flayhav and Devin Gage. And they're, like, crushing it. They're opening up these small facilities all over the country. They're freaking profit machines. It's just like, I don't understand why people don't just, like, just copy what they're doing. Like, they're making so much money. And they're doing so well. Like, I don't understand why anyone wouldn't see what they're doing. Like, I'm just going to do that, too. But I think a lot of people want to just, like, no, oh, I'm going to blaze my own trail. And it's like, that's dumb. That's really dumb. Just just find what's successful what people are doing and, and, and copy it. Put your, obviously, your own spin on it. You don't copy the name and copy the actual, you know, colors. Like, it, it is funny, though, when someone takes a piece of copy of mine and then uses my testimonials. And then there's like a, a testimonial from someone from Berkeley Heights, New Jersey on their gym in California. And I'm like, Hey, at least take off the testimonial, but, um, or the Berkeley Heights. <laughs> yeah. Right. Or the Berkeley Heights. Um, but, but, but that's the reality. And that's like, I only knew what to, if I didn't know what to do, I would have like, you know, probably cowered in fear. I probably would have ran inside the house. And if I ran inside the house, the bear would have kept coming. You know what I'm saying? Like the bear would have kept coming down the steps right. towards the house. And that's dangerous, right? It's dangerous to kind of, you know, figure it out on, on the fly. Uh, so there's a lot of good lessons within that. But um, yeah, it was weird. It was a weird feeling of I was not scared at all. I kind of had this feeling, oh, he's just going to run away. Yeah. And I hoped that that's what happened. And I was <laughs> lucky that that's what did happen. But it was a very strange like almost like reaction. I just got up and walked right toward the bear. I don't know if that was stupid or smart. Or I mean, what. clearly it wasn't stupid because it worked. It worked. Yeah. It did work. It did work. But uh, yeah, <laughs> it was very interesting. I, I got to ask, I saw the picture of the group, the CEO group on the SPF uh, Facebook page. How long was that hike that everyone went on really? So uh, it varied for different people. Okay. Um, so Joe was the fastest. He got up in, I think. Uh, oh, it was up the mountain. Yeah, it was up a. Um, it, so what we did is we climbed something called the Manitou Incline, which was uh, basically it's one mile up a mountain. And you just Google it, Manitou Incline. It's one of the coolest hikes ever. But it's like literally a staircase that goes a mile up a mountain. It's just like one mile of stairs that are steep and sometimes they're like really high. You got to really pick your leg up to get up there. Um, and so we actually, the morning before one of our meetings, we climbed the Manitou incline together. So everyone's time varied, Matt. Okay. Not everyone got up. I wasn't sure if you were running like a hundred K or something. No, 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 no. <laughs> it was just, um, uh, Joe's the, the best time was Joe and he did it in, I think f 34 minutes. That's cool. Which is pretty lightning fast. Yeah. Yeah. He's been doing the Stairmaster. He's been, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, Joe is, uh, he's impressive. He's impressive. Yeah. Well, enough stories. Let's get into the questions these people have been waiting for. Uh, question number one. It's not really a question, actually. This person doesn't get it. But anyway, we'll cover it because we're being nice. Need some feedback. 
I finally spoke with the guy with a local golf podcast and wants to train with us. And this is what he's proposing. He'd pay 100 a month for three times a week. Someone coming in would be paying 428 a month for the same package. All right. I'm not going to even address this. So here's, here's how I'm going to answer this question because I don't think it's valuable to get into the nitty-gritty details of this specific question. So I'm not asking answering the question for this specific person. I'm answering the question in general of how we can better leverage um, partnerships locally. All right. So I just uh, right from Colorado, I flew to Long Beach. And I spoke at the Perform Better Conference in Long Beach. And one of my points, I was talking about um, ways to get more small group training clients. That was my topic. And I, um, the fifth point in my presentation was um, the, the angel list, right? With Angel 101, which is 101, a list of 101 different people that you could potentially partner with. Um, to create joint ventures, right? And I did say this, my, my initial slide is, um, it says, if there was a gun to my head and I had one way to get 10 new clients, this is exactly what I'd do, right? And I, and I think that when the chips are down, where you really need to go to find new clients is where you know where they already are, right? And so, and I'll just use the example of a salon, right? I know that if I walk into a high-end salon down the street from my gym, that there are people paying premium prices for hair stuff, for pedicures, for whatever they do over there, right? That there are people that are spending lots of discretionary income Right. Because, you know, you don't have to go to the high end salon. Right. You can go to the local barbershop. Right. And get your hair cut. Right. So there are people going to these high end places and spending discretionary income. And I know that every time that most likely that salon owner will have a list of clients. Right. They'll have you know, a, a client list of people that have given them money or have bought something from them, right? And it's just like, that is like exactly what I need. One, people that are local to me. Um, two, people that have proven they would spend money on discretionary income that would be like spending money on a personal training. And, and, uh, and the last point is that there is a way to contact them. And that's, so that's what I look at an angel, right? An angel is something, um, you know, is, is, a, is a person that has that ability to put, make that happen. So, and I wrote this down, but, but there's really four things that need to be considered an angel, right? And an angel is this perfect person that could connect you with the people. One, first point is they need to have access to your type of client, right? And so just using the case of the salon owner, they have access to these people, right? They're, they're seeing them on a regular basis. They have their phone number. They have their email address, right? They have, their, they have access to them, right? The second thing is they have a list, right? And a list is a way that they can contact them on a one-to-many situation. Right. Because if someone just has access, but they actually don't have a list, then what do they have to do? They have to kind of one by one be like, hey, 
go over and see this trainer. You know, he's really, really good. You know what I'm saying? And so if he has a list, he can either give you the list, which I really don't recommend doing. Um, but he, can, he she uh, can email the list. He can, you know, send a text message out. They can send a package out in the mail, right? There's many things they could do, but they have to have a list. And it's funny, you, you'd be surprised at how many people actually don't have a list. Like you think that like, and as we're kind of going through business in 2023, it's almost like, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's got an email list. Everyone's got a list of being able, everyone can mass test somebody, but, but that's not actually true. <laughs> it's right? actually upsetting how few people have a list. Yeah. They, they might have like all the names. Yeah. I got these scrap pieces of yeah. paper. Yeah. Yeah. They, oh, there's my clients and they, they bring out this big pile of papers. And if they only knew how valuable it would be to take those pile of papers and put them in a database that they can contact them on a one to many situation, um, they, they would do it immediately. Right, because that's the second piece. Is there's a list. Um, number number three is there's reciprocity. There's the ability for them to um, pay a favor to you and you to pay a favor for them. Meaning that it's a win-win situation for both sides, and that can be in many forms. Like sometimes the win for them is money. Sometimes the win for you is lead generation. Sometimes it's the opposite. Sometimes the win for them is you providing content to their people, right? You just using the salon situation. And I am going away from the golf thing just because it's a little silly, but um, it's really just an excuse for me to talk about JVs in general, which is really important. Um, but but you, you, have this, you have this ability to, you know, help each other out. And that's a really important piece because the fastest way to end a joint venture is for the joint venture to be like, I'm doing all this shit for this guy, and then he ain't doing anything for me. Right? That's the fastest way a joint venture ends. And remember, gun to my head, this is the best place to go to get new clients. Okay? Um, and the last one is there needs to be some goodwill, meaning you need to believe in the business. Right? So you're not going to probably, you know, I, I'm trying to think of an example, but you know, you're, 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 you're probably not going to do a joint venture with an adult movie store, <laughs> right? That's so sorry. That's the only thing like really negative I could come <laughs> up with. At the, at the, you're probably not going to go down the street and be like, Hey, when your people, <laughs> so anyway, Into the video you know what store. I'm saying? So it's gotta be a business that you, um, that, that you believe in, uh, and, and something that you would feel good about you know, representing and being a part of their community. Um, plus, I don't think anyone, you know, anyway, I'm not going <laughs> to keep going on that one, but that was a weird example. But Put the shovel away? Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I was driving on Route 22 the other day, and I saw one. <laughs> You're like, man, they still have these? Uh, yeah, right? It, yeah. Is, it is pretty nuts. Um all right, so that's that's kind of my feedback. So just like with the local with a local golf person, you just got to make sure that a guy with a local golf po- podcast has that stuff because if he doesn't have that stuff, he doesn't have a list. He doesn't. He's not local. He's like, how do we know that this is actually even a good joint venture to really do? So without getting into the nitty gritty, the first thing I want this person to do is really decide: is this a good joint venture to explore? Right. I like golf. I think golf is a very, very good thing. I think people that play golf have lots of, uh, of, of discretionary income. 
Um, I think golfers spend a lot of money, so I think that there is, you know, a good market for golf. But if this guy's, like, target market is just, like, you know, golfers in their 20s that like to funnel beers and play golf, then that's not probably the right market for your gym. So that's why I kind of answer the question, you know, somewhat differently of just making sure that this local golf podcast actually is an angel and then moving forward from there. Mm. How do you feel about this? Um, or I don't know how you feel about this rather, but, uh, it also seems, uh, what's the word? It's escaping me, but it's important. I think to have an end time for the JV. Like if this person is just paying a hundred bucks a month, now you're stuck with them. Yep. So I mean, what we, are your thoughts on that? That's a good question. Um, so JV sponsorships, they're kind of similar but different. But um, one of the things that we do with sponsorships is we will do an annual agreement, meaning we will basically say, hey, you know, for this agreement and for our sponsorships, we usually lead with money, right? And we mainly do them for our sports performance program. Um, but we'll lead with, with, hey, you know, we're willing to, you know, uh, donate X amount of dollars, uh for uh, to your program uh, for an annual agreement of you sending you know three emails four times a year uh, over the course of the next 12 months right and so it's an annual agreement so there is like a renewal date you know for it but you're right like sometimes when they're so open-ended you know there isn't this you know and and some of them aren't like um, and maybe it's not like it's maybe it's something that you just do once a year Right. Maybe it's like you just like, for example, like once a year, I used to partner with an orthopedic surgeon and we used to do a joint seminar together. And that was all we did. We only did that one seminar a year. And then in between back and forth, we would refer people to each other. Right. But there was no like agreement of that. of You're going to send me X people. But we just the joint venture was once a year. We partnered up. It was in the month of June and we did an ACL injury prevention seminar. Right. So it doesn't have to have like a stop time, but it really has a, has, there needs to be definitive terms, right. On what you're, what you're actually doing. Otherwise you just got yourself a new hundred buck a month member. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you go to ask him for a favor. He's like, I already did this. Yeah. Yeah. All right. On to question two. These past months, we are having more no shows than normal. We try to tell everyone to cancel their classes. So other members in the wait list can get in, but it doesn't seem to work with some people. And then we have a flyer from this person. I've created a flyer to post on the gym wall, but I want to make sure this is an okay way to communicate this rule to members before we post it. Ugh. Any suggestions on how to communicate this? Ugh. So here's, here's I'm already gagging right now. It, one of the biggest advantages that we have of being a small business is doing things that big businesses don't, is not doing things that big businesses do. I cannot stand when I see a black and white sign in a business that says that like almost is yelling at people like all capital letters. You must do this and you must do that. It's just like what a big business horse crap. Do you think you ever see that stuff at Disney? Do you think you ever see that stuff at Zingerman's Deli? Do you think good businesses don't have that shit? Big businesses have all of these rules and regulations and red tape and it just makes people feel like garbage right so uh, like uh, like an occurring a, a penalty fee of five dollars 
right? You're going to charge a grown man or grown woman $5 because they showed up late. How, uh, my opinion is that is so stupid. Um, what, what I think really needs to be done is creating a better culture so that doesn't happen. And I don't think like putting a black and white sign up with a penalty fee of $5 um, is the way to do it. Now, there is a way to do it where you could charge money and the money should go to charity or something like that where it's more of a fun thing and a, and a way to get people like talking about it, right? Versus just bang, banging them with a five, $5 thing that's going, you know, like how much money are you going to really make from $5 every time someone comes in late? Right. So I think that the people just need to think about it a, a little differently. I don't think it's bad to have a, you know, a policy on the wall, although I would never do it. But I think it's a lot of it is the way it's done. And I think it should be done with some sort of humor. Right. And some sort of, you know, kind of tongue in cheek versus it being this black and white fee that you if you don't do this that you're going to get in trouble right i mean you know one of the like i i remember i was i was in the rkc i did the rkc russian kettlebell challenge and i got certified and it was up this was years ago 2011 or something like that and i'll never forget like one of the guys who's probably like a volunteer he he started like you know, they all wear their khaki pants and they all like kind of follow suit and they're all like worshiping Pavel and following him around and stuff like that. And Pavel's great. I don't know him personally, but he's done a lot for the industry, whatever. Right. But this one dork, right. That's got his khaki pants on and you know, he's like, thinks he's so hard and thinks he's so cool because he works, you know, for RKC. And he like, I, I don't know whatever I did, but he came up to me. He's like, you know, I saw that you walked by that person and you got within uh, seven inches of them. And that's not the kind of top of mind awareness we need around here. And this was like, you know, I could have stepped on his head. Right. And, you know, this guy, just because this guy can swing a kettlebell He's and give up his time to. to volunteer for a Russian kettlebell challenge on a weekend. And I'm just like, all right, buddy. Th yeah. All right. Yeah, and I just, like, laughed at him. And I was just like, are you fucking, are you kidding me that you're going to, like, I'm a grown adult. Like, please don't speak with me like that with your khaki pants and your ridiculousness. Like, it was just like, but that's what kind of some like, stuff this does. It's just like, you're, you're talking to, you know, grown people that, you know, have important shit going on in, the, in their life. Now, I'm not saying it's okay, you know, to show up on time, but uh, to show up late. But I'm not like, my ego's not so big that I care that much, right? It's just like, okay, they're a grown person. If they're going to show up a couple minutes late because they're closing a million-dollar deal in their company, in their office, and that's, a, that's the other thing, too, of, of working with um, and, and having your target market be higher-end people. They don't have tolerance for $5 penalty fees, right? If they're, like, I'll be honest, like, my jujitsu class, like it's intense in intense environment, but the most important thing, you know, in my life is not jujitsu. And if I have something come up, I'm going to do my best to show up on time every time. 
And, but if I have something coming up with my kid and something coming up with my business that I need to tend to, and I show up five minutes late to jujitsu class, no one comes up to me and like yells at me and no one's giving me like a $5 fee. I just file into the back and I just start to warm up five minutes late. You know, it's just like, so if, if in jujitsu class, they're not doing this stuff, right? Then I don't think we need to do it at our gyms. This is my personal opinion. There's probably people out there that are totally disagreeing with me right now and I don't give a shit. But the reality of this is, um, I think you need to treat grownups like grownups and $5 fees of penalty fees is not treating someone like a grown-up. I do think you need to have a conversation with them. And if, they, if someone has a pattern of being late or no showing, that I think you have a conversation. But here's honestly what I think that people should be doing. Um, I think that people should be making sure that they're on a schedule. And that when they come in, that they have a set time. I think one of the things that causes no-shows is when people randomly schedule at different times. Sometimes they come in at 9 o'clock. Sometimes they come in at 12 o'clock. And I hate that, honestly. I would love everyone to just show up and be like, I come at Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 6 a.m. Now, I know in some cases that's not possible all the time. But I think that that's the best thing because it builds habits into your clients. And that's what we want to do is we want to build habits, the habit of exercise. Like Vanessa only trains at 6 a.m. She trains Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday at 6 a.m. Like, she very rarely goes at a different time. And one of the reasons why she doesn't miss is because she does do that. All right, so I do think what I would do is, one, urge people to come at the same time every time. And then have some kind of a, a, a situation where, hey, if you can't make it, um, you know, either cancel yourself on the app. So I think people just need to do a little bit better job of communicating it, Right. And here's the thing. It's like, you know, are you going to have some no-shows? You're going to have some? Probably. You're dealing with human beings, right? But this whole focusing on the $5 penalty fee, I'm, I'm not a big fan of. And I, I think there's a, a, a much better ways to go about it. One, if you are going to do a poster, make it funny. If you are going to do a penalty fee, which I think is dumb, I think you should make it to go towards a charity or something like that. And I think what you really need to do is you really need to just – educate people on why they need to show up on why they need to cancel um, and have good honest conversations with people um, and I think when you have a good honest conversation with someone that behavior should not be repeated and people want to be treated with respect like at the RK saying I was not treated with respect and I have a bad taste in my mouth and you know I'm not talking about you're still talking you know, about it I'm still day. talking about it you yeah. know 10 years later I'm still talking about it. that's the no, the number one thing that I remember from that is that jerk off with his khaki pants coming up to me and, and telling me that's not the kind of top of mind awareness we need around here. And I'm like, screw you. I want to be whoever came up with top of mind awareness. Yeah, I was like, screw you, buddy. You know, talk to me like that. I'm a grown man. Okay, but that's if you'd done jujitsu at the time, you could have taken him out. Yeah, I mean, oh, well. dude, he's a punk. He's a punk. On uh, to question number three. <laughs> I can sense you're getting a little a little worked up over this, Vince. Yeah, no. Steam's coming out of your ears. Struck a nerve. Yeah. Man, it's good. So this is like therapy almost. <laughs> That's why you started jiu-jitsu up again. <laughs> three, I am getting parents banging down the door to start our athlete program for the kids. They're super excited, and so are we. The problem is that I have a quick turnaround and have about 10 kids that want to start on July 17th. What are some of the best practices to get this off the ground and running smoothly? 
I don't want, I want to make sure I cover all the bases. Yeah. Um, so one good job getting it started. I mean, I think that that's like, I, I, you know, obviously cover yourself legally and make sure that, you know, you have your basic, you know, um, you know, you're covering yourself legally and having a waiver signed and stuff like that. You are dealing with kids and, and everything like that. So you got to make sure that you have that. Um, I, I would just make sure that you have the, um, the, the schedule set up, right? That's important of like telling people when you're going to have the sessions and what times you're going to have the sessions and how long the sessions are going to be. Um, you're going to need to know how much you're going to charge them. Uh, I, I'm just riffing off the top of my head. Here, but you need to know how much to charge them, what the schedule is going to be, how to protect yourself um, legally, uh, what you're going to provide in addition to the actual workouts. Like I know, like a lot of got, a lot of people, when we do this at at, at Grit, you know, we we have uh, you know, there's there's um, confidence building things, there's uh, nutrition stuff, there's like, are you going to offer any other things like that? And it could be really simple, like a handout. Like we, we at Grit, we we just have these one page handouts. We give people had a motivational quote on it, had a uh, a recipe on it, had a life lesson, um, and and that's all really you what you need to do. Um, but that's that's what I think. It's just get started and you know learn on the fly. As long as you're protecting yourself legally, you know learn on the fly and you know start it with this pilot program of ten kids, um, and then do it as a thing. And if you're gonna want to start on July seventeenth run it from July to August. And what I would be doing is planning more of like a fall program, right? Um, and, you know, setting your date. That, that, that's what I'd be doing is really thinking about this as a pilot and really be th thinking more about how you're going to structure this ongoing in the future. Um, we at GRIT do it at quarterly, right, where we have a quarterly block system where there's like a fall block, a winter block, and that kind of thing. Uh, some of our guys do month to month where they have a program that runs year round. I think you just got to decide, but see how it goes, get it, get it ready. Um, get it going, have fun, take you know, lots of good pictures, post stuff on social, communicate with the parents, you know, about how their kids are doing. And, um, I think that that should kind of help this person getting it running smoothly. Now, the, the one thing is, is, you know, it sounds like they got 10 kids just from their email list. I will say this, that, one of the things that reasons why I'm launching the grit program is because, and I'll be licensing and I've been sending emails about it, but the, the one thing that, uh, reason I'm doing it because I feel like there's sports performance programs out there that do a good job of teaching coaches how to train athletes, right? They teach them the speed techniques and all things like that. And they do a great job of that. But what I haven't seen is a program that really does a good job of teaching people how to get new clients, right? And I think it's, while that is, it's commendable to teach a kid how to, to use the right arm action and stuff like that. It ain't kind of rocket science, right? It's just like, you know, most coaches, you know, that have done some kind of basic education know how to help a kid get stronger, faster, and more confident, right? They, they should know how to, how, how to do that. And I think that the more is really how to structure the business model so it's a profitable business. And that's kind of what we're doing with Grit. And, and we have seen such unbelievable data and numbers uh, for in terms from a profit standpoint from the Grit program. 
Um, and that's what I want. I want to find a this bolt-on process where people can take sports performance, add it to their existing businesses, and in three hours a day, make three to $400,000 extra a year at really, really good margins. But the number one thing you need to do to be able to do that is understand how to acquire and get new clients, right? And that's what I think the people don't understand. Um, the, the way not to do it is to go to the athletic director, right? And that's what people originally think, well, let me go to the athletic director and let me go good. And I think what you're going to meet is a lot of red tape. And I've had, you know, dozens of meetings with athletic directors in my day, right? And they can't do anything without calling the superintendent and calling this person, calling that person. It's like, oh, let me see if this gets approved by the board. I'm like, screw your board. I don't want to deal with your board, right? I want to go to the dad that runs the 5,000 kid PA, local PAL at police athletic league. And he's got an email list of 5,000 people and at a touch of a button, he can send your program out to, you know, 5,000 people. And it's just, it's, it's incredible how much easier it is when you go to the right pond uh, to be able to get um, the clients. And we've been doing this through grit. Really we've built grit through two things. And it's pretty incredible for me to say this. The first thing is we built grit through sponsorships where I kind of mentioned before where we're doing sponsorships with, um, um, you know, the, the local uh, uh, youth programs and we're giving them money in exchange for email product promotion. That's pretty much what we're doing. Um, the second thing we're doing is newspaper ads, which is like, it's comical. Like, and actually I, I just had a bunch of them uh, uh, be sent to us the copies of the actual newspapers that we use but we still do marketing in the newspaper old school black and white rag newspapers and we are getting a really really healthy dose of regular leads from those newspapers right and so it's like those are like two ways and now it's not the only ways we're doing it but those are the two most effective ways you know that we're getting new clients and a lot of people don't understand and know what are the things that need to be said in those emails what are the things that need to be said in that newspaper ad it's not just hey we do sports performance you should sign your kid up and that's the marketing that most people do but it's understanding what's going on in the mind of the parent because that is the buyer your buyer you're not speaking to the kid you're speaking to the parent right and what do you need to say to the parent that is going to enter the conversation in their head about their kid and for the parent to read that and be like, oh, my God, that's what my kid needs. Oh, my God, I can't believe I just read that. That's, I, mean, I need to sign Johnny up for this. And that's kind of what the mar type of marketing that we're doing over at Grit. Now, the cool thing is a lot of what I just mentioned is in the big book of marketing, which I've been selling like hotcakes lately. And the, the big book, and I, and I have it right behind me here, it's my big book is, is 557, 557 pages um, of marketing that I've done over the last 15 years, right? And it's basically emails that I've written, newspaper ads that I've created, uh, Facebook ads that I've created, um, free reports. I mean, you know it's in there better than me because I think you edited it, but there's just 15 years of marketing across 557 pages now it, it it's a book that every gym owner should own it really is um, but most people don't own it and here's why because it's so ridiculously expensive 
It's the most expensive book in the fitness industry. I don't think anyone has ever had a book. In fact, I'd argue that this book is 15 times more expensive than any normal book that you'd ever buy in the fitness industry. But I'd also argue that it will save you countless amounts of hours and make you loads, loads, loads of money. Uh, I would believe 100 times the actual cost of it. So even though it's 15 times more expensive than an average book, I believe that if you implement and what's what's inside the book, that it you'll get a 100x return on the investment. My khaki pants guarantee. <laughs> if if the prices are right at your gym, actually, you should make it all back off of the first nine-word email that you steal from it. Oh, yeah, there's a whole chapter of nine-word emails. I give you almost all the nine-word emails that I wrote, um, which are very, very powerful. But, yes, the big book is very big, and uh, it is – it's powerful and we ship it to you hard it's a hard ship we actually ship it from here from my gym uh it's a big ass orange book and it's 557 pages and the exact newspaper ads that i use for my sports performance are in there the exact proposals that we send to the sports performance program are in there um and there's gobs and gobs and gobs of other stuff in the big book so i just wanted to throw that out there if anyone is in the market for the largest book in their on their bookshelf that it won't even go on your bookshelf if you're strong you'll actually keep it in your backpack at all times right and it's go rucking like, with it it's like a permanent ruck yeah right because it's legit like probably a five pound book go walking up and down your mountain trail with it yeah Hashi has five of them in his rucksack yeah he's but he's beast <laughs> he's beast all right well that about wraps it up uh, the book, the big book link will be in the show notes if you're interested in rucking. Um, and that's it. See you in the next one. See you guys. What's up, guys? Thanks so much for listening. Do me a favor and go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. This way you'll get notified when we get new episodes come out. And if you really, really loved it, I'd truly appreciate it if you left us a five-star rating. So thanks so much. If you're looking for more free stuff uh, from me, head over to vincesfreebook.com. You'll get a free copy of my marketing book and just head over to vincesfreebook.com and I'll send you a copy. Thanks.